1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna. ACAST is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to, right now. Bloodandmud.com podcast, we're back again after the first week of The Six Nations, we're going to give that a right old run around the cement mixer pour it out on the floor and then smash our faces into it to make a sort of very (laughs) ugly mural we're going to talk about Ireland versus Wales of course Scotland versus England France versus Italy we will of course have time for the shit good ratings as we always do we will look forward to the weekend with the predictions for the games that are coming up see if anything from this week's changed our view on who's going to win the tournament we'll also um, I'd like to mention the fact that we congratulate ourselves on being a magnificent jinx
0: Yes, As per usual,
1: we'll, 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 we'll talk about that in more detail um, Thanks to all of you who have listened so far uh, The numbers are going up each week And believe me, we are thankful that you take time to listen to this What's, to be honest, a mess a lot of the time But we do enjoy, bit, yeah. enjoy doing it <laughs> um, And thanks for all your reviews and your ratings Keep them coming in Hello Josh Hello there I am Lee Calvert, editor of bloodandmud.com. I forgot to do that bit. And you did a bit. I'm joined, and, uh, I'm joined by? I'm uh,
0: by Josh Gardner from rugbyshirtwatch.com, apparently. com.
1: right. Yeah, you can find me at bloodandmud on Twitter or bloodandmud.com, and you can find Josh.
0: At uh, either at rugbyshirtwatch or uh, at Josh Gardner, is my personal thing.
1: This is our podcast, which is available on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and wherever else you want to stick your RSS feed into. It can be brought there. Thanks for your ratings, as I've already said first of all I'd like to give an apology um, maybe to Topsy ojo again but no not this nope, week not this week um, just an apology for the sound of the sound quality last week there was a bit of a few technical glitches which led to some editing problems uh, <laughs> I promise bit. We had a bit of a mayor didn't we? Uh, we did have a bit of a mare, Not as much yeah. a mare as me editing it, but it was. A, <laughs> but yeah, so we got there in the end. I think it was just about listable, and it was actually the biggest listening numbers we've had up so far. So it can't <laughs> so be that bad. So
0: must continue to be shit then. Right, it go. must be. Yeah, easy. So, yeah, there's a easy. lesson in that for everybody.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that. So let's let's have a look at the weekend action yeah. as it as it came up. What did you think of the weekend in general, Josh?
0: Well, the phony war was over, I guess, and all of the sort of. Toing and throwing and hype and all that bollocks kind of descended into a fairly
1: average weekend of
0: rugby. Three pretty ordinary games that weren't, you know.
1: Yeah, I think if anybody said that France versus Italy might have been the best game of the weekend, before yeah. the weekend, you wouldn't have believed them. But I think no, there's some arguments we made that that would be the case. It was
0: certainly the most fun game, just for sheer mad shit going on. <laughs> yeah. And. Yeah,
1: the rest of it, it was yeah. I mean, it was all right. I, mean, it was I know quite... it's the first game of the toor- of the tournament and all that, so you can talk about first game, first games of the tournament and all that stuff. But actually, mm. you know, we are halfway through a season. Yeah, and we did. No, these World players are coming off a pre-season where they're knackered and haven't seen the ball for four weeks. You know, no, this...
0: and then we did have a World Cup in in November, so they're not exactly well October November, so they're not exactly you know coming into this totally cold, are they?
1: No, so we were a little bit disappointed. I think it's bit, fairly yeah. safe to say a little bit disappointed. I'm sorry to be miserable, and we should all be cheerleading about this, you know. But we're not PR people. Nope. We have to deal with them, but we're not them. <laughs> um, so let, let's kick off some reviews of the weekend, and let's have a look at. Let's go. We're going to go chronologically backwards for yep. no other reason than that's decided the way I've decided to go. Ireland versus Wales. Ireland sixteen, Wales sixteen. <sighs> Ugh. I'll just I mean, settle back in and let you take on this, Josh.
0: Yeah, I mean. Gatlin trotted out the cliche after the game that, you know, the draw is like kissing your sister and all that shit, And but it is just such a frustrating and unsatisfactory way to end a game of rugby, especially as it doesn't happen very often and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think as a Wales fan, I'll probably feel a bit better about it in a few days than I do at the moment, but right now, I'm kind of just a bit disappointed because I think for a variety of reasons Wales could and probably should have won that game and if they don't win the tournament, because they... Fluff their lines a bit here I think it's a bit of a massive missed opportunity
1: I'd be absolutely fuming actually if I yeah. was Welsh because Gareth Edwards was and I don't know whether this is Gareth Edwards on Scrum 5 you see the Scrum 5 special on Sunday
0: uh, no I didn't actually anyway no.
1: Gareth Edwards said on that and he was sort of saying well Wales should be I was lucky they could have lost that they didn't lose that I was screaming at the screen you know what <laughs> the fuck are you talking I mean oh legend and all that sorry Gareth but you know what are they talk- that that Ireland team were there for the taking actually i th- i thought it was evenly balanced and they defended quite well i think any attack with a bit of naus could have done them
0: yeah i think i think that's probably true and i think on the plus side you know wales have got some form certainly in the first game of the tournament against ireland for not starting very well letting ireland build up a bit of a lead and then it all going to pieces and turning into a bit of a shambles you know the last two yeah. opening games of the tournament that they've had against Ireland have gone that way and they've got an absolute battering. So from that and that's kind of that's kind of how I thought straight, it was gonna yeah. go in the first you know, after about twenty minutes gone, I thought, Oh Christ, this is gonna be an absolute prison shaming again. And from that regard I'm quite you know, I'm twenty minutes I would have taken a draw. But then yeah. at 70, uh, seventy minutes I felt like we really should have won that game. That's that's not to take anything away from Ireland though, because I said last week that I thought that people were underestimating how decent they'd be at home. Yeah. And, and, and if you could that... see
1: me I'd have you'd see my hand is up right now. <laughs> I very much underestimated. I thought they were so ravaged by injuries and, and, and lack of form that actually not gonna be a comfortable win for Wales, but Wales could have won it and should have won it. I that I said yeah. that, I still think it could have been a comfortable win for Wales in the It could have been with a bit a bit bit,
0: but I think on the day, I think players like O'Donnell and CJ Stander—they, mm. you know, arguably they've all made cases to start, even with injuries, without the injuries—and and I think they absolutely proved it. And and they had a really good game plan. Certainly, for the first half an hour or so, they they executed it very well. And, and they... I think
1: yeah, I think I think Tommy O'Donnell, you know, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't, I've never quite got it with Sean O'Brien. No. I, honestly, I really the Irish love him, and, and and he's he's not a bad player. He's not a bad a player, good player at all. And he's a big lump. He's a good player, but I still don't quite get this automatic selection malarkey that goes on with him. And I think that O'Donnell offered more on Saturday, Sunday, sorry, than than <laughs> O'Brien would have done.
0: No, and I I agree. I think I've always thought that O'Brien's a better six than he is a seven because he is that hmm. sort of big you know, carrying. He's a big hard just... carrying six, and and yet he's sort of been. Elevated into this sort of thing that he's automatically Ireland's starting seven, and yeah, I don't, I don't think that should be the case at all, to be honest. And I'd be inclined to, you know, it'll be controversial, but I could see Heaslip maybe making way for Stander at eight because I think he could probably do a job there as well. And talking about
1: players that are quite overrated, I've never understood Jamie Heaslip. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know I'm so I mean, it sounds like I'm just doing every piece of Irish back row. down. I mean Heaslip again. <laughs> He's he's okay, but can you think of many games where you've gone, "Oof, what a game he's had"? I think he I mean, maybe that's testament to how good he is. I don't know. I maybe think I'm he maybe had
0: more of those about five or six years ago, but certainly, I think there's an element of reputation with him as well as with O'Brien. So, yeah, I mean,
1: I think. Well, the... I mean, no, take nothing away from they did. No. They did. The defense, they did a job. They played better than I think most people thought they would.
0: And they I think they isolated the weakness of the Welsh side which was the physical limitations of the back row, particularly the two sevens. Like I think Tipprick is a great tackler and he didn't disgrace himself at all on Saturday, but he's not a massive guy and Warburton has only played one game in the last 3 or 4 months. And I think they went out the Irish forwards went out there with an intention to target that and they were going around the fringes and they were taking the you know, advantage of the fact that that Tipperick was too small, arguably, to really stop a big man coming at him like around the corner, and Warburton was slightly, you know, half a step off where he should be, and they made a lot I think of easy yards that way.
1: It. I agree with Tipperick, I think I think, I think think Warburton did alright I think he, I was think he did fine it. He was amongst it right till the end But yeah, yeah. I agree, I've said about Tipperick I got a load of shit off Osprey's fans on Twitter once By saying he's just not strong As, as good as he is technically, he's just not strong enough You get... And don't, everyone just ever... said I ne- I never watch enough rugby and I don't know what I'm talking about Which don't to be ever... honest is probably fair But <laughs> I stand by what I said
0: Don't ever say that on Twitter Because I'm am, I am an Osprey's fan, I absolutely love Justin Tipperick And I have no point ever wanting to start for Wales because of that because I've never seen him start a test match with the exception of 33 against England which was just a weird freak of a game yes like I've never seen him start a test match and do well like or actually the the Ireland game um, before the World Cup but again that was a World Cup warm up they don't count a proper test match mm. you never see him dominate in the way that he can at club level because it's they're just bigger boys <laughs> at this level and they're more physical and there's more of them and he can't get over the ball like he can yes. in an Osprey shirt and I think if he comes off the bench at 60 minutes when everybody's a bit knackered that's when the game plays to his strengths because it's broken up a little bit and he can use the fact that he's quicker than any other back row pretty much in the world and has better handling skills than any other back row in the world. Yeah, there was that great play. moment
1: in the game when, um, I can't remember who it was who kicked it on, was it Lee Williams kicked it on and, yes, and it, went after, after it. Yes, and he just steamed And steamed past Trimble, and Trimble was on the turn, but even so, yeah. Trimble's a winger. Yeah, and he know, absolutely and he did, he left steamed him for past dead. Him and he, he got the scrum five from there. And that was the try, wasn't it? So... Yeah. Wales were... Uh, Wales' is scrum speaking of that Wales's scrum was particularly impressive I thought yeah I mean I don't want to get carried away with it in being... fact generally speaking scrums across the weekend were alright and yeah. all the games the very few collapses not that many penalties not that much time sucked into <laughs> setting them up either
0: and I noticed that there was a definite like certainly with Garces on on Sunday like there were times where I felt like eight nine months ago a ref would have blown up for a penalty even with the ball at the back of the scrum, and it's Yeah, he was going he was definitely and letting. He was basically all, saying, yeah. "Get it out!" You know, he was letting just, it crumple, wasn't he? He was letting yes. it all
1: crumple, and then say, "Just get rid of it." And, that, yeah. and you're right. I think a year or so, you know, in recent past, that would have been. I've got to blow anyway because they've yeah. gone down.
0: Yeah, and I think I, I'm totally on board with that because you know the purpose of the scrum isn't to be a penalty machine. The purpose of the scrum is to restart play, and if you're you know pushing a team backwards and they're you know. Clearly mm. retreating and getting smashed, then fair enough, it's a penalty. But if it's just sort of disintegrated yeah. into a bit of a. It's just come to a standstill and a bit yeah. of a mess. Yeah, just like get a, it out. Yeah. yeah, just just get it out. And yeah, no, I was quite pleased with that. Um, yeah, Wales, I mean, I think a, a lot of pro- Wales's problems came from halfback, where obviously a lot of Ireland's problems didn't. Um, mm. I, I mean, I, I hate to be the sort of I told you so. Guy with it, but I said last week that if Murray no, and Sexton, I can tell by I your tone, you don't. Hate it at all. I absolutely <laughs> bloody love it. Um, yeah, if it, when Murray and Sexton are firing, Ireland are very hard to stop, no matter who they've got in that pack. And I thought, I thought they were both very good on the whole. On Murray on in the... particular was an yeah, absolute. Yes,
1: he was. He was like the other side of the coin to what he's been. Yeah, well, he's been shit all club. season, and all of a sudden yeah, he steps, in,
0: he steps into a green jersey, and he looks very good. And yeah, he was. He was doing he's it and just one of
1: those players who needs that stage I don't know yeah
0: maybe and Wales on the flip side were just hugely disjointed and that was probably the main reason that they, they didn't manage to eke it out because obviously when Bigger went off early doors that was like a massive disruption to the game plan you'd imagine because you could Priestley see Priestland did alright though yeah but then Priestland came on and he took some time to settle but I think the problem was probably you factor that in with the fact that Gareth Davies probably had his worst game for Wales by far and Lloyd Williams was pretty average when he came on too it's like there wasn't the re- there wasn't a massive amount of continuity and wales, sort of structure at half back
1: wales were rightly rightly certainly by me criticised <laughs> after the australian game for sending you know against 13 men wave after wave of attack at the mm. same 5 meter piece of line yes and it seems that gatland gatland's listen to this glad rugby on twitter it were brilliant if you don't if you don't follow them mm. please do Said has called it Cement Ball 2.0 because they, <laughs> they call Gatlin Cement Head don't they they've, call, yeah. they've called it Cement Ball 2.0 where they've actually started to try and do something about that but what they've tried to do about it it seems to me looking at go it's the gone time. wide all the time and, <laughs> yeah. and they had this problem I remember about five years ago yeah. where they would hit the first second receiver man off every single play so yeah. if you were defending or you're a back row you thought I've got nothing to fucking worry about here because yeah. I know exactly where this ball is going it's it's
0: it's a process. I kind I hope to an extent. <laughs> like it's you know Rome wasn't built in a day, and hopefully it's going to get better. But certainly, yeah, they were just constantly trying to go wide. When they don't, they, you have to like you've got to earn the right to go wide. That's you know one of those rugby cliches. But you do you know otherwise the defense yeah. just fans out, and there's nothing to be gained from it. And
1: especially a defense as decent as Ireland's. Yeah, you know, exactly. the way they dealt. I mean, Jamie Roberts had a very, very good game in terms of his work rate and his, yeah. and his defense, and and the, and the number of times he carried the ball up. But they dealt with him pretty well. Yeah, he, you and, know, he was put down quite regularly. Yeah, and and,
0: no, and very few. You know, I thought, to, even though he, he wasn't exactly his old self, I thought George North looked livelier than he had in a whale they, shirt. Well, for they've some got time. to get
1: him in the game. Yeah, you can't be lively as a winger. Because you're so reliant on somebody getting you into the game, and if you're not, if they're not calling the plays for you to get in the game, yeah, you're not going to ruin the shape by just pissing off inside and trying to get and demanding the ball. Oh, yeah, maybe I don't know, yeah. maybe that's what he needs to do. But and, and know, that I seems think like probably find he was... himself dropped in Gatland's world for doing that. I
0: mean, that seemed to be a little bit of what he was doing on su- on Sunday, though. He was he was coming in and he was looking for it, and and he just showed that you know I know he said he doesn't like running into walls, but there wasn't many, there wasn't any space for wingers in that Irish line on the weekend and yet he was just pumping his legs and causing problems and you know it might not have been his flashiest game for Wales but it was probably one of his more encouraging ones because he actually seemed involved and bothered for the first time in about 12 months Yeah
1: and I think there's, there was a point in the game around about the 65th minute where he got the ball he was running, and I shouted at the TV just put your head down and run into him Yeah you know, like a rugby league forward would or something. Just get yeah. the ball and just grab it and run straight and hard as hard as you fucking can because actually he's massive.
0: Yeah, and you know he's
1: huge and the speed he covers the ground at. They're gonna and he did actually pull at least two or three people in to stop yeah. him and he doesn't actually back himself to do that enough.
0: No, and I think that's partly that the whole concussion thing is it's going to take him a while to trust his body again. But that's a promising sign that he's starting to get to that that level again. And yeah, I mean, I think. It'll take a bit of time to maybe tweak the personnel and the tactics, but at least there's a a recognition from Gatland, I think, that we couldn't... It's got to be on two it's, passes. Exactly, and there's got to be some attempt to play with width. It's just that, you know, there needs to be... Like, too often it seemed like, you know, they were running... The dummy runners weren't actually running dummy lines at all, and all they were doing is just sort of sitting in the line and not actually drawing their men in and stuff like that, and... And all those sort of things will take time to work on. I think. But. I
1: think this is the problem with ja- if the, I know it's almost <laughs> sacrilege to say there's a problem with Jamie Roberts. It's easy. But I think, yeah, <laughs> I think you are quite. I think there is a problem with Jamie Roberts because actually, he never looks like he's going to use the ball ever. And and when and when so when he's not he doesn't look because he never looks like he's quite <coughs> got the ball under control he always seems to half catch it and press it against his sort of cock as he runs it's almost like, do you know what I
0: mean I know <laughs> what you mean because he sort of I think he there's a sort of perception in Wales that someone is in any way surprised now when Jamie Roberts comes at an angle and takes the ball.
1: Yeah, like and the international place... defences can't tackle a large yeah, man running. But gambling. it's like
0: that's that's what he always does. So they sort of give him the ball at the last second, which gives him no time to actually get the ball yeah. into his. Gra- and it's like, well, no, because that never works. Because as soon as anybody sees six foot fucking five, eighteen stone Jamie Roberts running in a sort of diagonal angle, you can bet your fucking ass that he's going to get the ball. Yeah. So and so as a
1: result he never gets his arms through the tackle <laughs> yes so, so he you, can never get and actually if he could do that he'd get stuff and that's really where the answer is because the weakest the weakest point in rugby or one of them is behind <clears> the tackle yeah <clears throat> you've got to get people going behind the tackle and that's where I th- well you know not just Wales to be fair I think that's a where of the offloading
0: game comes in yeah and if if you can't have a 12 that offloads you, you're going to struggle a little bit And and Jamie's got fantastic other qualities which I will definitely get to later but okay. yeah that, that is a, a thing so but,
1: we talked a about Wales I think actually let's just talk about Ireland Then, do you think who would be the happier the two coaches after <clears throat> Um
0: I think probably Schmidt purely because I think he's proved once again that he knows exactly knows what he's, what doing. he's <laughs> doing yeah he's <laughs> yeah. you know he is a very very good coach who is brilliant at devising a game plan to limit or neuter an opposition that might be more favored than, than they are and mm. and he's shown that Ireland have got a bit of depth which is you know not a bad thing i mean you can argue that you know they were 13 nil up and from that point you would expect even a team of fucking ringers and thirds to close the game out and they kind of collapsed a little bit in the 20 but that season, ignores so. how
1: decent wales are i mean, isn't Yeah, it? and, I, I and think...
0: but you know if you give any team 13 point lead you know, you'd hope to keep the scoreboard ticking, and that was kind of a feature of the weekend as a whole. To be honest, that I noticed was that the scoreboard was not ticking over.
1: Like mm. it didn't
0: seem... It seemed like you know. We I, haven't, about I haven't score-
1: seen this. I haven't seen the <coughs> stat, and I could look at it now. I could look it up now, but I, I, I imagine completed uh, successful kicks percentage was pretty low. Yeah, and, across all three games. Even Farrell had two from four, which yeah, is not and, like him. You know? and, and
0: not, and also the the opportunity seemed to be quite few and far between either i don't know whether it's just defences are better organised and are better you know they're a lot more careful about giving stuff away on the floor than they used to be but it just seemed like nobody was really giving away kickable penalties that much
1: no Which... and that's true actually yeah that, that was that's probably a good point really but and um, but it just it, it was kind of symptomatic of what we mentioned at the beginning this kind of general malaise of yeah. of kind of not really much happening yeah
0: i, I do i mean i do think that I don't want to come across as a massive homer, even though I am. But I do feel like Garcés gave the Irish a massive helping hand along the way. He didn't him. seem
1: that concerned about them rolling away.
0: No, not at all. I'll and say that were, much. They were going beyond the man and clearing out quite often at the ruck to a ridiculous level, to be honest. And also the whole... There were two sort of things that I don't really blame Garcés for, but it just sort of was a highlighting the stupidity of the law... Situation, hmm. And that was, you know, Keith Earls, or as he pr- probably be known, Tippy O Because, <laughs> Christ, that, that man did seem to be preoccupied with dropping Welsh players on their head on Sunday afternoon. And, I mean, hmm. it was just like, there were two quite blatant moments where he tackled the Welsh player beyond the horizontal and dropped him. and yeah. And Garcet's... At first he definitely dropped him. Yeah, and then there was a second one which looked right on the borderline and he didn't even bother to check. And it's like he only gave a penalty for it which just leaves you a bit flabbergasted because I mean I've seen players and pundits defend him for having sympathy for the player and not yellowing him because it wasn't an intentionally violent act
1: but that's bullshit but yeah, we're, we're not supposed to consider intent exactly
0: and the rule it's, isn't it's there reckless to, or not yeah the rule isn't there to punish violent acts it's there to ensure that players behave responsibly on the pitch in relation to the welfare of their fellow pros and that's the, why and it's you don't,
1: there and you don't really pick people up yeah it's, it's a deterrent and if you do you might have all oh shit I need to hold them and put them back down again yeah now whether like, we agree with that or not, as as a rule, it's, that's a the discussion It is in the terms law. of how yeah. is the game gone soft, but that is what the rule is to be there to be interpreted. Yeah,
0: and it's like, I'm not saying that Earls is dirty, but the laws are there to act as a deterrent against players doing that, and by not mm. sending him off and not binning him, Garces provided no such deterrent, so then he did the same thing later on. And it just goes to show that that's why the rule is there, and I mean all we ever ask from refs is, is consistency and sensitivity, but the latter doesn't extend to yeah, we never get regard. it. Yeah, and, but it doesn't. It's extend... like asking
1: for romance from a 1950s <laughs> northern husband. You can ask for it as much as you want. You're not going to
0: get it. But like, when it comes to player safety, as far as I'm concerned, like, I don't give a shit that somebody says, "Oh, that spoiled the game," because I would quite like to do everything possible to reduce my guilt at watching all of these young men sacrificing their potential future health and well-being for my entertainment. And <laughs> I kind of prefer it when the laws that are designed to at least minimise that somewhat are enforced, you know? So, yeah. Right.
1: So, speaking of dirty players. Yes. Let's move on from that and move on to uh Dylan Hartley's England. Yes. Um, who he <laughs> played against Scotland. See how I did there? Mm. Linkage. Very linkage. So, Scotland versus England, which, you know, let's be honest, was fucking lousy.
0: Yeah, bad game. I mean, I said last week that I thought England was win it, and the game panned out in that way, but...
1: Uh, I've I've made a a dick of myself by predicting that Scotland would win that game. (laughs) The
0: curse is real.
1: Well, you see, you know what? I said this on the blog, right? I am not Scottish. No. And I can only imagine what it must... But I was looking at them thinking, they've eradicated these problems they had last year. Or they, last year they looked to be starting to eradicate the problem. They have they they do some decent stuff. They have some decent players, but they don't have an end product. And I thought, well, that's going to get itself at home against an England that are in a bit of a disjointed state. Mm. They'll be pumped up after a good World Cup. Surely this is now the time for them not to be a complete disjointed bag of shit. And and guess what happened?
0: Yeah, I, I said on Twitter when the team was announced. I said there are no weaknesses in that Scotland team. They are from one to fifteen. They pretty look, decent. They look yes. decent. And they look at least the measure of, if not better, than their opposite equivalent. And yet they huffed and they puffed. And they, for all that razzle-dazzle exciting backs that they've got, like it doesn't mean jack shit if you can't actually break through a disciplined defence. Huh. And, I, I, I said it again on Twitter at the time, but it watched me as I, I watched them sort of smash... <laughs> futurely into the organised English defence over and over again in the 22 with absolutely no end product but they're set up like a southern hemisphere team like they've got all these fleet-footed backs and the Hollywood forwards who are great when the weather's dry and the ground is hard but they're Scotland they play most of their games in the British winter and most of those are in fucking Edinburgh you're not going to score many 80 metre tries against good teams when it's fucking it down with rain and the ground is sodden
1: that's just physics. But I mean, it must be frustrating that you can't actually, you know, Scotland were renowned for years for their fast rucking game. You know, and it yeah. must be heartbreaking they can't actually get it going again. <laughs> and to be a Scotland fan, it must be, it must be like you know when you've you fancied man or woman, you have fancied somebody for ages, and then you and, and then they finally get a chance to get it on, and then it, it's like crap, and you yeah, don't know why. And you wake up in the morning, and you've got to walk home dressed in last <laughs> night's clothes. I've the most crestfallenly disappointing <laughs> sexual experience of your life, <laughs> and then, but and, and that that must be like that must be like being a Scotland fan all the time. All the time. I mean, this because you think now finally they, they look good. I'm going to get it on. Yes, we're gonna... off. Here we go. Oh, this is terrible. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. How disappointing. <laughs> yeah. So they,
0: yeah, they're just not built. Like, they don't seem to be a team that's built to capitalise on the conditions that Scotland play the bulk of their games under. And you have to wonder how many games they're going to win if they keep trying to play that way when conditions just don't suit it. Because England did exactly the opposite and played the exact right way for the way that the conditions were. And they won. Quite comfortably, yeah. let's and, be honest.
1: And, and Scotland, with a decent side looking in the best-knitted locks in for ages, lost against an England team. They didn't really play very well at all.
0: No, they really weren't. It's like a
1: double whammy of misery.
0: <clears throat> but it was like an old-school England performance, wasn't it? It was solid sex- set-piece, good defence... And they took chances and made less mistakes than Scotland did.
1: Well, my biggest thing I said last week, is unless they get the scrum sorted, then they're going to be knackered. And they've quite clearly got the scrum sorted.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they sort of had a few wobbles at the start where Nell seemed to be on top. But certainly after the replacements came on, they were properly on top.
1: So... That was one of, one of Scotland's problems. Somebody did point out I've, after reading my preview was that Scotland are very light off the bench. Yeah. And that is true. And I think that, sh- that, that showed. Yeah. I mean, England you know, the four weeks into Eddie Jones' job, he's got the scrum sorted, they didn't lose a line out, Yeah, they did the job, there was still loads of stuff that was pretty crapped. Yeah, me, absolutely, but,
0: but it was pragmatic wasn't it, and I think that's going to be the watchword for England in the coming weeks, they're never going to be the All Blacks, or not for a while, anyway so I think they set a template for the time being, which is, you play hard-nosed rugby, you put it through the forwards you don't make mistakes, you kick your goals, and then when you get an opportunity, you've got the outside backs there, who are Quick enough and
1: informed enough to actually do something with it. If they were that lacking in discipline against, for example, a Wales team with bigger kicking, well, though I think there would have been a bigger problem. Yeah. Is the, the, and the breakdowns <laughs> still an issue. Everyone, everyone yeah. is. Uh, you know, I'm going to go back. Everyone's lionizing Haskell's performance. I think it's because mm-hmm. he had a red scrum cap on, so you can see what he's doing a little bit more. He he got out the line quick. He <laughs> tackled hard. Yeah, I'm going to be one. sensible. I'm going to be sensible here. You know, he he did a yeah. a reasonable job at that, but yeah, he still generally got pretty bossed by John Hardy. I think. In, yeah, I mean, what, in the job that the sevens meant to do but.
0: yeah they, they sort of had I think there was a period at the start of the game where England looked very very good where I don't think Scotland were really prepared for the level of power that England had in that back row with Haskell and Rob Shaw and Vin Polar and, and as a result they kind of they went into themselves quite a lot and got quite passive whereas mm. by the sort of you know last 10 minutes of the first half, they sort of realised, oh, well, they're big lads, but they don't really have any technique, so if we are smart about it, we can still use our better ability on the deck yeah. to take advantage of it, and they did. Um, but yeah, I,
1: you know, it was... It was just It was just shit, so it's hard Not say much about it, really. It was a it was, really was, bad game, and it really... Scotland were in this kind of maladroit nightmare, and, just... and England were, you know, they did... Fair days to Eddie Jones... Yeah he got him out. the scrums working again they've gone away they've won they've got italy next and they have got two home two lovely home games to play yeah and, and, af- mean, and after the draw they'll be laugh- they'll be licking their lips won't they after yeah, exactly. the draw in the ireland wales game on. they'll be licking their lips
0: and i thought you know your captain fantastic not so fantastic he was alright i thought he added a clear ballast to the scrum
1: and tenon he could actually hook the uh, ball which I think that performance showed just how much he missed in the World Cup. Yeah. He was the bi- He was the biggest miss in the World Cup. Forget yeah. any other non-selection, he was the biggest miss. And and his line-out, well, he, his line-out was 100%, what can you say? Yeah, and, and I thought
0: Krius was excellent, Free was excellent. I thought Noel showed up very well. He might have the stupidest haircut in rugby, but... Uh,
1: he is just this kind of like big Arnold Schwarzenegger big boom bang gym thing that comes in, but yeah. He, he, he he he's like, yeah yeah. And I'm, Farrell at twelve still to was, be convinced, but
0: yeah. And Farrell at twelve was better than I expected him to be. To he's be still not twelve though. And no, I he's think not. Ford,
1: And I think Ford's performance might <clears throat> no signal the. I, I would, let's try him at ten because Ford was
0: pretty plop. Well, that's the thing. It seemed to me that that, that Farrell was taking up most of the responsibility of. You know, directing the team because Ford didn't really seem to have much of a clue what he was doing, which has got to be slightly alarming. But job done, you know, (laughs) from an England point of view, that's all they needed.
1: The the WRU still haven't got rid of those fucking disgraceful hashtags, though. (laughs) Please, I beg of you, stop. Please stop. Yeah, everybody
0: stop the awful hashtag thing. Carry them home. I am Wales. that doesn't make any sense
1: it doesn't even make any sense (laughs) it's like that one after David Bowie died and then Alan Rickman died and somebody somebody put a meme a a picture of uh, Snape Alan Rickman as Snape from the film with the Aladdin saying lightning strike on his face (laughs) it was like that doesn't
0: even make any sense what are you doing these are two people who died
1: that doesn't even yeah. make any sense yeah. there's just, it's just no link at all somebody's no. actually spent time doing that anyway right yeah. so that was Scotland England I think England they'll be laughing when they get back together at you know yeah. Penny Hill they will just think at Starkiller Base on, on Tuesday they'll be, <laughs> they'll be well chuffed for themselves absolutely and and it's it's all
0: on you know like you say they've got they're going to go away to Italy and then come back probably with a win and then two home games against the two teams most likely to challenge them If they win one of those, I mean, they're probably in pretty good position
1: to to win the whole thing. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Okay, so moving (laughs) on to the final. It was the first game of the weekend, but the final game we're going to talk about, which is France versus Italy, which, well, who saw that one coming? I know I didn't.
0: (laughs) I mean, to to some extent, meet the new France the same as the old France. (laughs) <laughs> um, Because is can clearly make loads of changes and bring in players who've never even seen a rugby ball before or whatever, but it seems like a few weeks is nowhere near enough to undo whatever wrong-brainedness Philippe Andre has been infecting them with the last few years because they were fucking yeah. terrible. They were really what? bad.
1: And Guino is <laughs> still, still exuding that I don't really give a fuck. Yeah,
0: uh, this, none of this <laughs> none of this matters to me. I mean, you've got credit to Italy, though. We had great fun at their expense last week saying yeah, Didn't they were we just... fucking dreadful. But they were actually very impressive. they got better some... than Scotland because yeah. we said Scotland are going to be good. Exactly, and therein lies the magic of our curse. Lotamud dot
1: com uh, podcast ruining teams and careers. <laughs> one meant one positive mention at a time.
0: But yeah, I think they've clearly got some very good young forwards coming through there, as as was demonstrated on the weekend. Parise is superhuman, and Carlo Canna looks like he might be a bit of a fly off mm. talent if he can learn how to mm. kick his goals. Um, which is obviously the
1: He's got he can go two ways now, he can go <laughs> Orkera or Dominguez, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Very much because so because I, I remember when Orquera went, Ooh, he looks quite handy and then yes. it all oh, then it just turned into this basic some mental breakdown every week, then he turned up on the field.
0: and <laughs> um, we also had some great fun at Backer Tower's expense last week too, and fair play to him, like he took his try very well. And he had that was little, oh, well, little seven really that, that, that little was, shimmy that was, that was brilliant. Wonderful. I mean, don't get me wrong, the rest of the time, he looked like a man who'd wandered onto the field and didn't have a clue what was going on. Like, his defensive yep. positioning was absolutely dreadful and his his kicking was shambolic. But, you know, he, he wasn't there <laughs> That's to... That's
1: because, remember, <coughs> no matter how well he played, you have to think about the basis on which he was selected. Absolutely he hasn't played a game of 15s in for three years. years. He hasn't played a game of 15s for three, <laughs> three years. years. It's incredible. It the more you say it, the more brilliant and yet insane it yeah. becomes. And, and
0: uh, yeah, I was delighted that you got a try purely for that, because he's going to be some sort of pub quiz question in a few years time, <laughs> yes, isn't he? he, would be, he?
1: Um, he was the, yeah, player to What would it be? Like, person to play an international game without having a club, and people would be going thinking it would be in 1898 when yeah. everyone's still playing for universities and things, won't they? But a player who scored no on debut despite not
0: having played a game of 15s rugby in three years. He loved
1: his try did he? Oh god, yeah. Pure joy.
0: And and, yeah, it's hard to to not enjoy that sort of ridiculous.
1: Well, France are pretty jammy, really. Oh god, yeah. It was a funny call, wasn't it? I mean,
0: the penalty that that police aren't banged over.
1: Hell Could, of a kick, man! A hell of a man?
0: kick, fantastic kick, but clearly not a penalty, or clearly a penalty the other way. As Parise clearly demonstrated, <clears throat> and was yeah. probably still shaking his head at 9 o'clock that night. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was probably shaking his head for other reasons at that point as well. But, um, <laughs> we'll come uh, on to that. Uh, here, yeah, I mean, God, what went on at the end
1: there? Like, I think the thing is, right, is that basically entire into- entire Italian career can probably be summed up with the phrase, fuck it, I'll do it myself. <laughs> yes. That's basically the way he's entitled. If you have a TV, you must have a TV licence. It's the law. Inspectors are calling to unlicensed homes and businesses. If you don't, that can mean prosecution and a fine of up to €1,000. Get yours at TVLicense.ie or any post office. Brought to you by the Government of Ireland. ACAST recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to, right now. My career has been, fuck this, I'm going to do it myself, because none of you can do anything. Yes, and, that, and And unfortunately, it reached its kind of problematic end on Sunday, was like, we need to win this game, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Yes, there is a problem
0: with that for Sergio and that... Was when it comes to although he has scored drop goals in top flight rugby, apparently he banged one over against the Ospreys in about two thousand and five when he's playing for Stard. But uh Yeah, yeah. still.
1: Still. still. Yeah. Because you know there are lots of re- there are lots of times when fuck it, I'll do it myself they really works. Are, you know. It? And painting some... your, painting your living room. Yeah. Oh, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Absolutely. That's fine. Plastering your living room no. No. No no no, no no no. no 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 no. Fuck it, I'll do it myself <laughs> does not work. Plastering your living room. Yes. I Looking mean, up your medical conditions on Google. No. No, no. Um also no, I can't bother going to the doctors. Fuck it, I'll do it myself, Google. <laughs> no. It always says lung cancer. Yes. Always.
0: Yes. Um and, and equally uh, everything that Liam Williams and Stuart Hogg did this weekend was very much <laughs> out of the fuck it, I'll do it myself thing. And <laughs> we get it, lads. You're both terrific runners with the ball, but you're not gonna step five blokes and score from sixty meters every time, so maybe I, that, you should that, pass that... it occasionally. Just... that
1: thing where, that thing when Liam Williams ran at that diagonal angle from about what felt like about 600 miles I away know. and they popped the ball to him and he hit the, he hit where the tacklers were and stopped dead
0: i know it's like <laughs> of course that's going to happen you oh.
1: It they just has gone. They've did had, a gong. They've had they, literally they did, did,
0: did, did They've basically had six weeks to get ready for it because you've been telegraphing it for that long. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean you look back at the history of rugby and there's been many wonderful moments of, of fuck it, I do it I'll do it myself, I guess. Um my favourite is probably Gethin Jenkins. I mean, my when you ask anything favourite in rugby, I'm probably gonna say something to do with Gethin Jenkins. <laughs> but um do you remember when he was playing for Cardiff? Uh, the, the game they won against Stade Français in two thousand and seven, right. um, where they
1: beat the. I team. don't. You'll have to refresh my memory.
0: <clears throat> they, it was at the Arms Park in the Heineken Cup, and they were, um, basically, it was a, a team just packed. It was started at their Galactico peak. Yeah. And the, uh, Cardiff were playing with die Flanagan at fly half. <laughs> and they,
1: exactly it was the understudies of Kerry Sweeney and you how yes, bad this is uh, don't exactly
0: and then so somehow they won that game by 10 points But there was a po- I was at that game and there was a point at the end of the game where Stad were they were a score behind and they were hammering into the Cardiff 22 for the, for the winning score and the Blues managed to get a turnover and for some reason Gethin finds himself at first receiver because of course he does um, and he sort of gets the ball and sort of looks up, sees some space, and you can just see, you know how Gethin Jenkins has that look on his face all the yes. time that says, fuck it, I will do this myself.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: He just looks up, sees the space, and then just executes a perfect spiral torpedo kick about 50 metres that bounces into touch just inside the star 10 metre line, and from the ensuing line, the line-out, they, penal- they got a penalty to win the game. But it was just, that is, that is peak... Fuck it, I'll do it myself. I think <laughs> it's when the prop decides that the 50 metre clearing kick is well on.
1: Yes, that's wonderful. And there's also the kind of the time when you get forwards who do the fuck it, I'll do it myself, <laughs> usually on interceptions. Oh, uh, no, it was a brilliant one in the Ireland game, wasn't it? Devin Toner caught yes. the ball. And he went, said, <laughs> I was watching my son, he's 13, and my son went, What's wrong with him? <laughs> that, no, just that's very... just now second row's run, mate. He's just
0: very <laughs> slow.
1: Do you remember? I think, was it,
0: um. Uh, France, Ireland in two thousand two, Scott Quinell did something very similar. Where I think he was chasing back a, a kick in the twenty two, and just he was sort of, the, the French defense was blaring down on him, and he thought I could I could pass to the fullback here, but fuck it, I'll no. just lamp I'll lamp it upfield, and he did, and that was fine. But then, if memory serves, then he chased up his own kick and decided to take out the French fullback with his elbow, running at full tilt. So yeah you could
1: do that then well yeah I think he got yellow card it's almost it. a French fullback's fault <laughs> exactly really, I think his name was
0: Brusque Nicolas Brusque was that his name Nicolas said, Brusque I remember yeah, was, got brusque it? yeah he certainly got Brusque treatment
1: they were too, oh, oh. <laughs> very good they were, oh dear they were, um, that was when the, back then it was France it was it was him or, or Javier Garbajosa yes it was he wasn't it he played for Toulouse who looked brilliant for Toulouse and as soon as he got in a French team he had that well like Liam Williams at the weekend he looked oh. about three stone too light he just used to get smashed around all over the place.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So that's yeah.
1: sorry. A little digression a little there. there. fuck it. I'll do it myself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think uh, this I, could run this. I, I think it's yes, examples of fuck a, it. I'll do it. Yeah, send the nominations in. So yeah, when you're watching games over the next few weeks, have a look out for moments of fuck it. I'll do it myself, and let us know <laughs> either at Buddenmod or at Josh Gardner on on Twitter. Um, right. So that was Scotland versus England. Mm. No, it wasn't. That was France versus Italy. It was indeed. There you go. Yeah. That's We've one. done all the things for the weekend. No yeah. point doing the table yet. Um, I th- but that's where we are. Um, right, let's have a let's do our usual situation now, and we'll do this. No, I won't do that. Something's gone terribly wrong there. What am I doing? No, it's not that. There's, I'm getting all the wrong song here. This is what happens when you try and do things. Very good. The only radio system that matters. Now, it could be that somebody's trying to tell us not to bother doing that jingle anymore. Certainly, be. somebody Ben Brace them, uh, on Twitter very much told me not to do that jingle anymore really, well, last week. I think he, he was not happy at all,
0: demonstrably
1: and unequivocally
0: wrong. Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said all I could tweet back to him. You know, you know me. I'm quite pithy at times. I could be quite cruel at times. Hmm. All I could expect to back to him was, "Oh, that's disappointing," because <laughs> <laughs> it, it was literally. I thought it's the best thing I've ever created. I'm, and I'm that's, perfectly... that's the only feedback I've had. You're
0: correct in that regard. It is, and don't so let anyway, any yes. tell do otherwise.
1: Yeah, it is a shit good rating. It's hmm. The only rating system that matters. So let's have a look <laughs> at what we had from the weekend. Josh, kick us off. What was yes, it for you?
0: I-, I thought the general intensity of the games was absolutely shit. Like, aside from Ireland versus Wales, which at least felt like a proper test match, although there still wasn't exactly Blood and Thunder stuff, all the other ge- games just felt really, like, stayed.
1: Like, As I said before, there was a general sense of malaise yeah. about the whole weekend, really. <coughs> it's like okay, I agree with you on that the one. The
0: Calcutta Kalka- Cup is supposed to be the biggest, oldest rivalry in rugby or whatever, but there was absolutely no niggle at all. Like, all this talk of Hartley keeping his head and all that stuff, but there was nothing to keep his head about because everybody seemed like they were playing at about 60% intensity. It was
1: very odd. What I did like about Hartley, there was one point where Rob Shaw got penalised for doing something. I'm slightly digressing, mm. but in terms of intensity, there was a very clear shot where he was bollocking Chris Robshaw as he was walking <laughs> back. He was literally pointing at him and saying something, and Robshaw was kind of shaking his head a bit and muttering. Now, that they might have not been saying anything, but he was actually, I liked is- it. That is hilarious. I think that's obviously hard to <laughs> just go, look, you fucking sort yourself out
0: sort of thing. Yeah, and, and that's even more amusing because obviously Rob Shaw would have been doing the Boller Kings a couple of months ago. So. Yeah,
1: in mean, that kind of quiet, mumbly way that he does probably, yes. which is... Uh... Mm. Yeah, so... Um, my, my other shit...
0: Uh, I don't mean to pick on players, but I'm going to pick on some players today. Um, no problem, Ross Ford. Yeah. I... <laughs> He's got nearly 100
1: test caps,
0: and yet I for the life of me i can't remember the last time he had a good game like and, and on the weekend he just but that kind developed... of achi-
1: that kind of achievement is right there up there with that Daisuke Ohata mm. who scored 120 odd tries for Japan it's kind of well yeah. actually it's cuz who else is there
0: yeah and i think that is he's just Scotland's hooker by default and because nobody else has really ever done anything but his throwing was dreadful on the weekend he he contributed very little in the loose, and he just generally looked like somebody who was well off the pace. And I just—you've got to think there's got to be a better hooker in Scotland somewhere. But yeah. they've only got two teams, and all of Glasgow's hookers are pretty much crocked. So I guess that's
1: it. I'll uh, t- shit for me was um, Gordon Darcy on ITV. ITV's coverage, oh, it must be said, was, was okay. But go- Gordon Darcy and his unbelievable inability I, not to refer to his own nation as we and us and thus,
0: <laughs> i was losing my fucking mind about this i it made me so but angry but he would
1: stop doing it for about 5 minute. minutes yeah. obviously somebody's headphones <clears throat> said can you please stop doing that on, like, you know. then, when wales scored he was he
0: actually said it was unfortunate it's like, for God's sake, man, give it a rest. I didn't
1: think you could find an Irishman who was more biased than Philip Matthews, but they yeah, actually but they did, they managed to do it. Can. So, you know, props he, to ITV for doing Yeah, massively doing that. so. Somebody else who mentioned Irish commentators was Osheen C on Twitter, who tweeted us to say, the commentators on Irish TV for the England game were horrendous and kept getting Joseph and Watson mixed up. Oh, <laughs> it's not good is um, it really that's no, the Harriet Lenny yeah, Emery moment yeah, you, can,
0: you can draw your own conclusions from that you don't but, want to oh do that do you and as, oh he, said,
1: and as, he, as he puts hashtag awkward <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, just
0: that's, a bit, yeah that's that's really unfortunate and, yeah. oh dear um, so, yeah, yeah, I've, I've basically spent the last 24 hours or so being involved in a massive twitter spat with what feels like half of Wales about this but my other shit is Tom James, Welsh debut. Well, not Welsh debutant, right. but returning to the fold after whatever it is, well, we five both or six said years.
1: What we, well, you said, mostly. You know, you are an Ospreys fan and all that, and it, but you, you said you weren't that convinced. Plays for Cardiff, but he's you weren't that convinced by a good club cool player, not so much an international player. Yeah, I said I, the I, same on Twitter, and I thought I am going to regret this if he plays really well. But actually, he was
0: anonymous. He made one good tackle where he chased down Trimble when it looked like he was probably going to score. Um, but other than that, I don't remember him actually doing anything. And, like, yes, he's in cracking form for the Blues, but the Pro 12 is not the test arena, and test-level players are rarely unearthed at 28 years old, which is what he is. And, like, he's going to be 32 at the next World Cup. Like, what? what is the point of him? Like, if he doesn't hit the ground running, like, he basically needs to be good instantly. Because it's not like he's a developmental project, because he's too old. So, otherwise, he's just getting in the way of players like Hallam Amos and Eli Walker, and even like really young players like Ashton Hewitt at the Dragons or Alex Somerville at Blues. Like, he does. Just he does have the even... distinct
1: advantage, though, of not being Alex Cuthbert.
0: This is the thing. Like in in baseball, like they have this this stat that they kind of love at the moment called value over replacement, yep. which yeah, is I know basically what that is. they deter- Yeah. Yeah, they determine the the average contribution of a player in his position, the fictional average contribution, and they use that to measure a player's worth to his team in terms of how much value that offers to the replacing the fictitious average player. And for me, Tom James offers no greater value over replacement than Alex Cuthbert, with the downside that he's older and that he's never proved himself at the test level like Cuthbert has. Like, Cuthbert has been absolutely pilloried for the last 18 months for sitting out on his wing and doing fuck all and all Tom James did on Saturday was sit out on his wing and do fuck all but and I just yeah but be older and less good like this is the six nations there's no room for passengers so so yeah I know I've got a shit I've in case already you're not sure out that, there so Josh doesn't
1: like Tom James <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't dislike him as a player at all I just don't think he's I I I do like him as, as a an international player play well. simple <laughs> as that yeah okay there we go I'll take that um and yeah my last my last shit one is drop goals yep. in general. Remember when flyoffs used to be able to knock drop goals over? Wasn't that a lovely? And it time? wasn't
1: just it. It was it wasn't just the right, actual that... dropping it over. It was the setup of them. The Wales effort from Prieston, which he didn't yeah, catch very was... well. But to be honest, oh, you can't God. really blame him because the set. I mean, but was he calling for it then? I can't believe he was.
0: I I don't think he was. No, I think they just noticed that he was sort of getting himself into the pocket, yeah. ready for the. Hope you know, in a couple of phases time when they actually hopefully knocked it back to him, but they just they it was Rush of Blood to the Head moment and Gareth Davis just spun it back to him and yeah, like I mean the only player who actually knocked a drop goal over this weekend with any decency was Carlo Canna, and he couldn't fucking hit a bond or with a banjo from the teeth. I nearly
1: put him in my good section, but I had to hold off because of the possible (laughs) cariness of him. Basically. Mm. Somebody else who agreed with your drop goal attempts. It was Corey Lionbar on Twitter who just basically said shit drop goal attempts which was which was right. Yeah. Well
0: and the stupid thing is, like, with the exception of Finn Russell's one, like all of the missed drop goals on the weekend could mm. have given their side a win. Um and with defenses being more organised and being tough yeah. to break down and with like as we said, like penalties seem to be quite harder to come by in the red zone, like certainly this week anyway, like having someone who can bang over a drop goal. When things aren't going anywhere, and turn pressure into points is vital. And yeah, all of the teams that tried them this weekend seem to be found yeah, wanting. Yeah, well, did
1: I say it was shit? Then let's have a look. What I said. I've said this on a blog already. Scotland versus England was shit. Scotland's amazing lack of end product yeah. was shit, which we've already talked about. Wales attacking is yes. shit. Gareth Davis was shite Oh God. which is really disappointing. <sighs> he really was. He probably
0: had. Yeah, it was it was comfortably his his worst game for Wales. I think. I mean. He's played a lot of Test rugby this year. Yeah, but probably I mean, his, service, his service was
1: bad. Expected. It was too slow. His decision. Yeah. I mean, and why, s- they, why Answer me this, right? Why do Wales do. That? And it's his call because he's a scrum half. Why do they go up the blind side with three runners when there's about 18 inches of space?
0: That is one of the greatest mysteries because it's not just him. Because Mike Phillips used to do it as well. Everybody does it. Like, Wales have obviously got this. Or, Rob Holy has got this thing in his head that the blindside is there to be exploited if you have numbers out there, but there's no space. Yeah.
1: Or if you're <laughs> so going to do that, really go and just run. Much. Use your pace and go. Yeah. And try and actually get in behind that way, but it doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. I said that, So, that was disappointing. He was crap. I've said that France was shit, but with the yeah. caveat, at least it's amusing. Uh, yep. It's not miserable yes, anymore. Yes, it is amusing, which,
0: again, which, definitely. Which is. No, it's, it's quite entertaining. Um, so, we'll do take that.
1: Do have any shit stuff in the comments? Let me have a quick look. Owen Farrell got a shit off Buzz in the comments on the blog. Oh, uh, I think that's yeah. a bit harsh. But I think it was mainly because of the push. Because of the shitty push. Okay, yeah, that was stupid. Let's move on to good then, yeah, Josh. Was... I'll start us off with the good. Um, well, actually, I think yes. this kind of dovetails into what you're going to talk about anyway. I'm going to start with Talupe Falerton. Uh, One.
0: Yes, uh, and I would say number number eights in general. Apart from, from a David Denton. weekend. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was increasingly <laughs> but looking. Parise, Falauto, and yes, really bad. Um, Parise, Falauto, and Billy Vinipolo were all. Vanipola was as very, very, good. All, yeah. in well, well ways as just well, did what which he does for nice. Saracens.
1: You always wonder, don't you? Because he's dropped that weight yeah. as well. Will he still be able to have the impact that he's had previously? And the answer is quite une- unequivocally yes. He is going to have that impact.
0: Yes, he's just got power in spades, and I think that it was kind of nice that it sort of was a, a great overview of. Of everything that modern number eights can be in a sort of varied way, because quite often I think people get carried away with the perception that this eight has to be a dynamic, explosive, ball carrying powerhouse. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like Pariset does a bit of everything. He doesn't do anything as well as yeah. individually as, yeah. as say, Falatow or, or does but he does everything. just including completely
1: different gravy. What you're going shit, by the way, is that oh, ITV so kept good. calling him Toby all the time, even though he's <clears throat> distinctly said he doesn't want to be. Oh, I love the way no that you acceptable. remember when he came out For and said, God's "I don't sake. want to be called Toby," and everyone was like, "Oh, you precious yeah. bugger!" It's like, no, that's not his name. It's like no, me coming out, out saying, name. "I don't want to be called Brian." Yeah, it's like when you go to the call centres
0: and they give you a fake name because they don't trust an English person to be able to pronounce yes. their actual name. And they were like, "That's basically what he did." He called himself Toby because no fucker in Everbale could pronounce Talupe probably, properly. And fair enough, like that's his actual name. And it just it really yeah. ground my gears when they were like, "Autolupe." Yeah, no, that's what he called is called. Yes. At the end. it was like, "No, that's what he's
1: always called." For God's sake. Yeah. So anyway, so well, he is. Um, yeah, but he's, board, he's phenomenal. Again, people talk about the importance of a turn of pace right And but they usually mean that in terms of getting away from people being able to turn it on and get away through a gap I don't think people talk enough and, and is the same about a turn of pace that allows you to go into people because what Faletau can do is take yes. the ball standing still can step do that thing <clears> with his get. feet that he does and then go and he has enough generation yeah. generation of pace from a standing start to either get through a tackle yeah, he's or get through a tackle enough or get away from a tackle enough so we can pop a ball off or or just buy some time. Yeah.
0: <coughs> That's why he's so good at, at the back of a scrum, especially if it's going backwards. He's he's so good. And he kind of had yeah. to be for Wales. Let's not beat around the bush. But like when a scrum is retreating or it's not going anywhere, he's so good at picking it up off the base and getting something positive out of it because he has that agility combined with that real... You know, five, six yard burst of acceleration and power that, yeah, he's, he is on another planet, really. Yeah. He's so there you go. It's a good player.
1: weekend for number eight, particularly out Anything else on your good list there, Josh? Yes. Um, I know that you, oh, you no, disagree please. with me to an
0: extent, but oh, right, okay. Jamie Roberts, Sorry. man. I thought you were going to say you something like else, people? then.
1: It would have been too much for me to take. No, um... I was not going to. Hey, hey, no, <laughs> steady on. Yeah, Jamie Roberts, yeah.
0: Mm. I would not do that. I would not do that to you. Um, yeah, no, people. I know. We and we've spoken today about how he's he's one dimensional in attack. Well, you, and can't, blame that, plan, you can't blame him for that. You can't blame him for how he's No, used. I don't think you can. He just
1: keeps running, like the yeah. clappers and tackling like a train. And
0: yeah, but I mean, Christ on a bike. His defense on Sunday was absolutely on another planet. Like every time he came out of the line and smashed the living shit out of someone in the green jersey you winced because he was an animal out there he wasn't just a wall, he was like a wall with barbed wire sentry turrets and searchlights on it It was he was the Berlin Wall um, <laughs> and it's not just that he hits like a freight train either, it's just that he's so he's so goddamn intelligent with it like every time he jumps out of the line early, you think, yeah. "Oh fuck!" Because like usually, when a player jumps out of the line well, like that, that, it's thing the that, he's lucky that there. He, the he can't ball.
1: be lucky because he's done it seven times and it's worked every time. So we can't be lucky, so, can it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He always picks yeah. the
0: right moment at the right man. Like Jared Payne probably wishes that he stayed back in New Zealand. And Payne, and no took, to be honest.
1: At all, you know, it's not. <laughs> no, like exactly. doing this he's a solid shit. player,
0: but. Uh, he, no, and Roberts absolutely. He had the Irish backline so completely in his pocket. pocket I'll say that I mean think time to count all the I'd change. Say, I I, th-
1: I think he's he was right to be praised for his performance. I don't want to do that down, but I do it's just I think it's just it's more me getting frustrated with the general frustration with how Wales use those players that they've got. Cuz if you, as you say, if you could get yeah, the ball I'm into not, his I hands early, you so could get it into two hands. Get you know. Yeah, then you've got then something because he can do it. He did it for the Lions. We've <laughs>
0: seen him do it, you know. Yeah, of course he can and it's so weird that they don't do it more but yeah I hope that's and the other my my final good thing this week and we sort of touched on it briefly is, is yeah. Rob Evans yeah like again I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own trumpet but I said last week that I hoped he would make an appearance at some point I didn't expect it would be this early would you be upset if I said that's exactly but, um, what you sound like Gatland <laughs> yeah no no not at all um but, yeah, Gatlin clearly knew what he was doing. Like, I mean, dropping Gethin Jenkins is, was, must have been hard for yeah, him. Because like, he it's like dropping Gethin his favourite child, isn't it? Massey, Not even a so, child, his favourite child. favourite melon-headed child, yeah. yeah. And, but I don't want to get carried away with him because, obviously, Ireland's front row was very depleted and experienced too and I'm sure that WP Nell is going to give him a bit of a rough time next week because he will give most people a rough time. But as first caps go, he absolutely... Looked the part, and along with with a properly fitted last, Samson Lee well suddenly looked like they might have a scrum. Yes, which is
1: one thing we didn't weird. mention shit because I've forgotten, but we're going to do it again now, and I think I've forgotten. For, and I'll give you the reason why I have is hashtag Treviso shitwatch. Oh my god! No, they uh, haven't. I, I, have it doesn't they matter. We week. still have to go through it. They didn't play on Saturday. <laughs> However, uh, there is still a time no. bomb ticking since they last won a game, which I believe that now could be yes. up to three hundred and fifty three days.
0: Uh, yeah it was 346 last week so yeah 300 hashtag Trevizo shipwatch you've Jesus. managed
1: to you know fair news, fair news they haven't had a chance to sort it out this week and they've not been playing but even so no. doesn't I change mean... the fact that the <laughs> clock is ticking but
0: yeah, I mean they still had 350 days. Yes, look days at it that way. Yeah, they've out. had this. They couldn't do anything about it this week, but
1: they definitely could have done something about it in the no. previous 350 odd days. <laughs> the yeah. last nearly a year. So, hashtag Treviso yes. shitwatch, watch. But we'll come back to that because they are playing this week. And yes. actually, who are they playing next week? I know Whoa. we're not doing a domestic rugby this week, but it's. I'm
0: guess. I'm guessing they're, they're going playing
1: to lose. Cardiff Blues at home. Oh, I'll tell Sibizo you what. play Cardiff. So could it be <laughs> that Cardiff, the last game they won, the last game, was game Cardiff Blues
0: was Cardiff
1: oh, at home
0: exactly this will be oh surely shit Shitwatch can't end I will be disappointed. A, a mere three weeks I will be honest
1: I'll be a little I bit crestfallen hugely but, disappointed um, but yeah. yeah it could be an annual event so they simply beat Cardiff every February and that's it, it. that's be. the only thing they managed to do <laughs> oh the Blues not Cardiff Cardiff a different side aren't they okay yes. no, anyway so that's our good mm, well, ratings let's for this week the shit Good Ratings. The only rating system that matters. I mean, how can you not like that? I mean, seriously.
0: I don't know. It's anyway,
1: just... moving on then. Let's look at next week then, Josh. Yeah, We're just coming Lean up to finishing round yes. at the time we'd want to finish on. Um, France versus Ireland is. is up first next weekend, I think, is it?
0: <sighs> this is an awkward one in, in Fran- for me, in Paris I think. Again. I think if Ireland... Yeah, I think if Ireland play with the intensity that they showed on Sunday, they'll certainly give France problems because they're going to be without Pickers for the whole tournament. It was yeah, but he's, an he's extra been crap ever since so, said he um, came
1: to England. It's almost like I'm not even <laughs> that's very true. More
0: Although, <clears throat> and I think that's definitely part of it. But I, I mean, I know Ireland have got injuries, but I just think that they actually look like a team, and they certainly did on Saturday anyway, and and certainly compared to the French, and and yeah, but... France won. But they they should have lost against Italy, and for me, I oh, think Ireland deserved it over
1: again. You know, I'm sorry to say it, but it is. Let me say it a different way. <laughs> it is difficult to predict okay. <laughs> the visage of the <laughs> French personnel that will present themselves this Saturday.
0: That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> <a> stellar <laughs> take on that that well-worn cliche. Um, yeah, but you don't you don't know, and. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if either team win it, won it. To be honest, Mike I, I think if Ireland win though, it's all of a sudden they're I think thinking if Ireland championship put, again. Defend
1: the way they did this week um, and manage to do something a <clears> bit more composed and keep Sexton sort of yeah. on the field, then I think they will. I think they've got a chance of winning this one. So we think Ireland yeah, that one then. Too. Okay, so we think, think Ireland and then again championship back yeah. on. Italy play England. That's nothing but an England win, is it? Uh, it's the England always. Yeah, so the worst I kind of hope that. that even when they picked yeah, Andy no, Groomer and outside half well. in um, 2009, they beat Italy. <clears throat> exactly. They literally—that's the worst England have played. Believe me, you know, there's a hell of a lot to pick from. That's the worst I've seen England play ever, and, <laughs> and it was pretty bad.
0: Yeah, I do hope they give uh, the likes of Itogia and Daly yeah, a chance to stake a bit of a claim. Um, but let's not beat around the bush. It'll probably yeah. be like a forty-point win because England. Not because England were that coherent or Italy that's that bad. just the way it goes. Just, yeah, the way just the it way always it always goes. goes. Hey, just yeah. think
1: yourself lucky as a Welsh fan <clears> because of, uh, Ashton scored four tries against Italy a few years ago. If he was, if he hadn't got himself banned, he yes, could be, he, he could be ash splashing himself into the hearts of other nations oh. at the weekend. But he's, he's not going to be doing it. Um, okay, Wales versus Scotland, and it's back in Cardiff.
0: Yeah, um, I know I said good things about Priestland earlier, um, but I'm still not entirely prepared to jump on the bandwagon yet Um, so I think selection is going to be a big part of it, I'm guessing the bigger is going to be out, it looks like his injury might be a bit of a a tournament ender Um, so if they provide, if Gareth Anscombe plays fullback basically I think Wales will win because even if Priestland has the yips then at least they've got a goalkeeper on the field if they don't then I'm worried that Laidlaw can just gradually just chip away and death by a thousand cuts Wales to because I think it might be a quite a good game though because both Wales and Scotland looked like they don't really know how to defend the wide channels on Saturday and on Sunday respectively. One of the and best um, Wales, like,
1: Scotland, West, one of the best six nation games has ever been was Wales versus Scotland what year was it when Scotland were nailed on to win and managed uh, to just 2000... throw everything into the shitter towards the end was and it... Was and it when Williams scored last light I, on? I, and you can yes, hear you, you can hear Jiffy screaming in ecstasy in the in the background. I, I don't mind.
0: I don't mind admitting that I cried like a that fucking was, baby at the end of that. Just was. because it was it was like that five minutes of ridiculous tension where Wales obviously scored with basically time expired and all they had time left for was the kickoff. That was like five minutes of the most unbearable tension that I think I've ever experienced watching a rugby game and yes. then the release of Shane going over oh, I was just a mess No, I don't think it's going to be that good no, I, but think I think it might be a decent game, game. I think Wales can um, if uh, I think if Priestland doesn't shit himself and they have something approaching his scrum Wales should win but I don't think it'll okay. be I think it'll be quite a tight so
1: we've gone Ireland, England Wales just about I can never get yeah. you to admit that Wales are actually going to win a game. I'm pretty sure if they played against, you know, old no, and probably thirds, you'd still be saying <coughs> Wales might not win it because there might be some problem with <laughs> the old playing their outside half who once had a trial for Newport in the 80s or something. Um, right, so there you yeah. go. Any changes on. We, uh, I said Wales are going to win the Championship last week. You weren't so sure. Any change on that? Uh, no,
0: I, I still right. think England are going to win it. Especially now that they've they've nailed on an away win, I think they're only going to get better as the tournament goes on. And I think even if they don't get better, they're going to still be physical enough to cause yeah. teams' problems at Twickenham.
1: Okay, and, so, and we yeah. said Italy we're going to finish last. Is there anything in that performance major you think they won't? Not for me, really. <sighs> uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, if it's uh,
0: France Ireland this weekend will be an interesting one because if France are oh shit
1: they can't finish last again I can see them finishing bottom I mean that would be absolutely brilliant don't get me wrong but they can't do that again surely because Scotland have to go to
0: Italy this year don't forget and that's always a bit of a a potential banana skin even for good Scotland so okay
1: so there you go so we're broadly sticking to it although it's hard to predict I think it's just going to be a strange old championship this one right then Josh thank you very much for another week uh, thank you always very much out there for those you tuned. In. You can't say tuned into a podcast. You don't really tune into a podcast. Thank you very much no, for uh, streaming. Yeah, let's,
0: let's, say, let's say they cheated. Not it anyway. romantic, yeah. Let's, Thanks
1: for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks for downloading. Yeah, keep good. your reviews and ratings coming on iTunes. We always appreciate it. We'll be back again next week when we'll see yep. who we've managed to jinx. It. Who we said's good this week because we're going to be shit yes. this weekend.
0: Um, Ireland, mm. we said, were quite good. England, mm. we said, were quite good. Um,
1: we've liked Oh, he's Reece added. Breachland, yeah, so he's you've, you've dropped, absolutely fucked your own team fucked. there. Sorry, race. Sorry, so, sorry, sorry, Well, I'm, well, I'm saying sorry, um, sorry. You said it.
0: We said that. We said the, yeah. We
1: said the English scrum is yeah, good. So. Uh, yeah, um, so keep an eye on that for next else? week. Then right then we're going to finish as we always do on the yes. loop, the world's first and only rugby-related continuous playlist. There's a reason why it's the first and only one because mm-hmm. it's probably not that good an idea. But we're going to—I've started now, so I'm going <laughs> to—I cannot stop.
0: With <laughs> with staying in the course So this we week it the is
1: the track by Lenny Kravitz from his album Mama Said. It's always on the run. See you next week, Joss. Bye. <laughs> If you have a TV, you must have a TV licence. It's the law. Inspectors are calling to unlicensed homes and businesses. If you don't, that can mean prosecution and a fine of up to €1,000. Get yours at tvlicence.ie or any post office. Brought to you by the Government of Ireland.